Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. In this episode, I will be reviewing 1993's Hocus Pocus and 2022's Hocus Pocus 2. Those are my only reviews for today, but I would like to start off by saying I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash filmpunch, and Instagram at film underscore punch. The link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to a page full of links where you should be able to find a link to my YouTube channel. Always recommend heading over there because these reviews do come out earlier over there. So if you want these reviews earlier, go check that out. But uh, yeah, before I get into anything today, I do have to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Alright, so 1993's Hocus Pocus is directed by Kenny Ortega, screenplay by Mick Garris and Neil Cuthbert, story by David Kirshner and Mike Gar- or Mick Garris, my bad. Uh, and it stars Bette Midler as Winifred, we have Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah, we have Kathy Najimy, Najimy as Mary, uh, we got Omri Cates, or Katz as Max, we got Thora Birch as Danny, Vanessa Shaw as Allison, Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson, and either Sean Murray or Jason Mardson as Thackeray Binks. There's two actors credited as Thackeray, so a little confused there. But uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say about this movie that hasn't already been said, to be honest? It is a cult classic. A lot of people revisit this film every Halloween. For me personally, it's been quite a while since I've seen it. Probably not since I was a kid. And um, there's a lot I didn't remember. And obviously, I'm watching this in preparation for the sequel, uh, which I still have not watched yet. It's actually been a few days since I've watched Hocus Pocus 1, so forgive me if this isn't the most like in-depth review or anything like that, but just wanted to come on and talk about this for a little bit, kind of give my opinions on it, and and see how I feel about this movie overall in terms of, you know, a really good Halloween movie. But um, yeah, I mean, what can I say about the cast already? The the Sanderson sisters, Bette Midler, uh, just Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy, they are iconic characters and honestly could never be replaced by anybody. <clears throat> I mean, they they make this film. Uh, I mean, you have some fun characters like Thackeray Banks. I really do like that character. In fact, I would say it's probably my favorite character in the movie. Um, but you also have like uh, Billy Butcherson, which is a very iconic character that people really like in this movie. And I believe he's coming back for the sequel. 
I mean, there's there's so much to enjoy about this, and there's so many iconic lines, as I said before. There's so much fun to be had with this movie, but at the same time, it's not the kind of movie I feel like revisiting every Halloween. There's so many other movies I would prefer to rewatch or watch for the first time around the Halloween season rather than watching this one. Nothing completely against the film, but you know, it's just not as much of a classic in my mind as it is for so many others. Like my mom, for instance, she really loves this film, revisits it every Halloween, or at least mostly every Halloween. So, you know, stuff like that, I can appreciate this movie for a lot of aspects in it. it. It did something, I would say, pretty different for the time, which is essentially making a horror movie for children. Um, but, you know, like being under the Disney confines I guess you could say there's there's only so much they can do with that but at the same time like holy crap this movie is dark there are a lot of adult themes a lot of adult humor and just a lot of really dark themes to it overall you know there's literally a child that dies in this movie towards the beginning and I'm sure for a lot of people who haven't watched this in a while they'd be surprised to hear that or maybe they wouldn't maybe they remember it a lot more than I do but that was a very surprising thing for me. Basically, in the first, like, ten minutes, they kill a kid. Uh, the Sanderson sisters are essentially taking her life force away from her. You don't see her, like, die right there. But, um, basically, what you see is this kid just, like, draped in the chair, head down, not moving at all. Has gray hair because her life force was sucked out. And it was to make the uh, Sanderson, Sanderson sisters look younger and it's just like, that's some really dark shit for a, basically a kid's movie by Disney. Um, and then you have like the adult themes in there, like Sarah Jessica Parker's character in here is very much sexualized. Um, I wonder how they're going to do that in the second one, if she's going to be as much of a sexualized character. But in this, for sure, like there's so many sexual awakenings for, for little kids that are going to come from this character or probably already have come from the character. Um, I remember as a kid, even being really young, just being like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot of skin that they're showing with that character. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm still getting over COVID. But you have like Winifred and, uh, and Mary, who are, you know, a little on the heavier side, I guess you could say. And their, their costumes are a lot bigger and poofier. Winifred even kind of looks like the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland with the way that her... Uh, it's not a corset. You know what I mean, though. Like, the way her her costume is just big and flowing, I guess you could say. It's just like, you got these big, almost ballroom gowns <laughs> with some of these characters. And then with Sarah's character, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, um, they, they aren't afraid to show skin with her. She's got, like, these stockings and stuff where you can see the skin underneath. I mean, I'm not, like, a conservative person or anything like that, but for a kid's movie... It, just seems very sexualized and very surprising just even at the time I kind of knew how 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 sexualized that character was but even just watching it now and with the added aspects of so many other adult themes in this movie it's just so surprising to me that Disney even for the time got away with this so um, I, I definitely think they're gonna change up a lot about the new movie but you never know um but yeah, some other adult themes there, like the mom in this movie, they're at a, the mom and dad are at a Halloween party, and the mom's wearing a Madonna costume, where she literally looks like Katy Perry in that California Girls 
uh, music video with the, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm just like, in a Disney movie? Like, my God, there's so many Disney things I need to go back and watch now to see, like, if there are any underlying adult themes that I just didn't pick up as a kid. I'm sure there are plenty instances. But um, speaking of which, I really want to rewatch the uh, Halloween Town films. So I'm thinking I might rewatch all those movies and do a review for each of them. If that's something you're interested, comment down below. I would love to know because that is definitely a, a movie series that I loved as a kid in terms of like Disney Halloween movies. But yeah, um, a lot of a lot of dark and adult themes in this movie that that just really surprised me on my uh, on my rewatch. And it makes me think like, hey, is this is this appropriate for kids? <laughs> like, I, I can't remember how old I was when I first watched this movie, but by today's standards, I mean, I guess there's worse things that they could be watching. But at the same time, it's just it's just surprising. Like, overall, the most adult thing in this movie is just how sexualized the character of Sarah is. Like, um, man. Like, the bus driver, he's talking to her like, oh, did you know you're uh, easy on the eyes or whatever? She's, like, sitting on his lap. And at times, I'm just like, oh, my God, what are they doing under there? I'm just like, oh, my God. It's a little sus. I can't lie. Um, and then there's, like, the elements where the Sanderson sisters end up at this one dude's house dressed as the devil. And, you know, Sarah's dancing with the devil, essentially. And, and it, it's it's questionable that's for sure um but like you have these elements of very sexualized characters very adult themes very very dark themes and then at other times you have like these these themes that are aimed more towards kids with the character of max and and danny like their brother and sister relationship you know they start off kind of being very annoyed by each other but over time like especially as shit starts to go down more um and Danny, like, gets captured by the Sanderson sisters, Max is, like, there as a big brother, and, you know, even when he gets mad at her, he, like, apologizes and tries to give her a good Halloween night going trick-or-treating and whatnot. He's just a really good big brother, so I, I like seeing stuff like that, especially me being a big brother, like, yeah, I appreciate that stuff, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then he had the old aspect of Max and Allison, Allison being kind of the love interest for Max in here, and I'm just like, how old are these kids? And I don't know. They they literally sleep together in this movie. Like, not sleep together, but, like, they sleep in the same bed together. And it's just like, again, I'm not conservative or anything. I'm not, like, a super conservative person. But in a movie like this, it's just like, what kind of message are you trying to send to kids right now? Because, um, man, man. Uh, but, yeah, that, I mean, I wish I could say more about this movie than those aspects but that's the biggest thing that I really took away from rewatching it is just how not for kids this movie really secretly is so that that was a very interesting thing for me to uh to realize while rewatching this movie but overall it is it is a very iconic film it's it's a cult classic people love this movie and I can see why uh but for me personally it's never been one that I feel like rewatching every Halloween it's not something I quote every Halloween I wouldn't dress up as uh billy butcherson or anything like that but i will say if i did have a black cat i'd probably name it binks so there you go um 
But yeah, have you seen Hocus Pocus from 1993? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I'm definitely more in the middle. I'd probably give this movie about like a 6.5. It's cheesy by today's standards. It was probably even cheesy by, you know, the 90s standards. But it, yeah, there's there's a lot of lovable, lovable aspects in it. So uh, yeah, there's my review for Hocus Pocus. Um, and have you not seen this movie? Are you going to watch this movie for Halloween time this year? Are you going to watch the second one? Uh, why or why not? I'd love to know. Uh, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And I will be back in the next video, most likely reviewing Hocus Pocus 2. So, see you later. Alright, so 2022's Hocus Pocus 2 is directed by Anne Fletcher. Story by Jen D'Angelo. David Kirshner, which I believe was one of the writers on the uh, original 1993 film. And Blake Harris. And obviously it brings back... The original cast here, uh, we got Bette Midler as Winifred Sanderson, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson, and Kathy Najimy as Mary Sanderson. And these are characters that can never be recasted. However, in this movie, they kind of do a little bit because we get some of their backstory and get to see them as children. Which, by the way, the, uh, the child actors that played the younger versions of them absolutely nailed it especially Taylor Henderson, who played young Winifred, absolutely on point. But um, we get to see their backstory growing up in Salem in the time that they were in, probably like, uh, I'm terrible with dates, but like late 1700s, early 1800s, something like that. Um, so we get to see their backstory and see, yeah, they were kind of rotten children, but at the same time, they were very ahead of their time with the ways that they were thinking and if you know anything about the history of Salem, that's a big no-no. We've seen that in a lot of literature, such as The Crucible, which also got turned into a movie. We've seen it in another movie called The Witch, or The Vich, if you prefer to call it that. Um, just kind of seeing how ideas and and also like going against certain certain norms, I guess you could say, how that was really not, I think, frowned upon is... An understatement but we get to see how they are very evolved for their time and they don't fit in and um, they kind of just don't care but yeah giving them that backstory it makes you feel for them a little bit more because in the first film and spoiler alert for the first film but when you get something like you know them being attacked or you know obviously at the end them kind of dying obviously they're not dead because they come back in this one but you know, like, you're happy about that stuff, because they are just pure evil, literally in the first film, in the first, not even 10 minutes, they kill a little kid, and I will say this right now, this film doesn't do anything like that, they talk about it, but they don't do it, um, which even in the first film, like, it wasn't a huge, like, focus on a kid dying, it's just kind of a small little detail that you notice if you look a little bit, but in this movie, it, compared to the first one, in my opinion, is a lot more family-friendly. Um, I mean, it still has a little bit of adult humor, but um, just barely enough. I'll just say right now, it has to do with the black flame candle and the whole virgin has to light it thing. Um, there's a little joke in there with Sam Richardson's character and a little kid uh, he's telling a story to, the kid being like, what's a virgin? And he's like, uh, it's a person that hasn't lit a candle before, <laughs> which I thought that was an amazing joke. And, um, yeah, it just kind of, kind of, uh, gets away from kind of how 
adult and um a little sexual the the first film was honestly in my opinion especially with the character of uh of sarah sanderson she was so sexualized in that first movie and i'm not like a super woke person or anything like that but for a movie that's supposed to be for kids made by disney there's a lot of things they got away with in that 1993 film but in this it's a lot more accessible to younger audiences whereas the first one i think you got to be at least like six or seven to like not be totally afraid of it and even then who knows um but these days kids are watching much worse so i i don't know maybe i'm just talking out of my ass here but yeah i mean um there's something about this this movie that just has a lot of charm to it is it better than the original i can't really say that in fact i'm going to give my rating right now i think i gave the first one a 6.5 out of 10 which it's not a movie I revisit every Halloween. It's not one of my favorite movies of all time by any means. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. But it's nothing I really rush back to every Halloween season. Um, this one being the same. However, if I were rewatching the original, I would probably watch this one too. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 6 out of 10. Um, some of you diehard Hocus Pocus fans out there might be typing away on your keyboard saying oh my god how could you only rate it that but i don't know it's not necessarily for me but i do have a lot of appreciation for it so there you go um is it as good as everybody says it is in my opinion not really but um it, movies can mean different things to different people so I, I can respect that for sure but um yeah in terms of this being like any better or worse than uh than the first one i would say it's just like a notch below it obviously with the 6 to 6.5 rating there but um yeah i mean like i said it's a lot more family friendly a lot less scary for smaller children um which i think helps the i don't know it helps for parents to want to show this to their kids it helps disney plus get more views uh you know houses watching however they uh they do those analytics there but um yeah, a lot more easily easily accessible to just younger audiences, less or not less so, but more so than the uh, than the original. There, that's just me personally. Um, people parent different. I'm not a parent, but um, you know, if I were, I don't know how I'd feel about letting like a four year old watching Hocus Pocus. But you know, uh, this one I, I would be I'd be more okay with. It's a lot less scary for sure. Um, which even the first one like. Obviously, I'm not scared of the first one, but I can see how for younger children, like, it would be a little more, a little more scary, because there are a lot of dark elements to that first film, whereas here, it's, it, it, like I said, it's a lot more family-friendly, there's a lot more jokes in it, whereas the first one had a lot of jokes, but, like, in this one, the witches seem a lot less scary, and I, I do think that partially is because of giving them the backstory, it, it introduces you to those characters if you are brand new to the hocus pocus films i guess you could say um like a younger kid watching this movie for the first time watching it possibly before the original um it it, it makes them a lot more warm and welcoming i mean they're still evil and all that they're witches but um you can kind of see where they're coming from i guess you could say uh, but let me talk about some of the other uh, uh, cast members in here. As some of the kids, we have uh, Whitney Peake as Becca, which in this movie, um, you know, 
I was with the Sanderson sisters in the very beginning, and I was like, I'm having fun with this. And then we get to the kids in this film, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna hate these kids so much. They're gonna be so cringy, and they're gonna try too hard with the, like, kind of hip, cool, uh, humor, like, trying to keep up with the trends. They don't do that at all. I mean, they text and whatnot. I mean, there's, there's like a Siri reference in here where, um, Mary says something along the lines of Siri. It sounds like Siri. And then the little echo dot or whatever you want to call it is like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're saying. She's like, oh my God, there's a little, little, uh, lady trapped in there. But it, like, they have those references and whatnot. And they have some very obvious, uh, um, what's the word I, I, I put here, uh, product placement, shameless product placement, where you have Walgreens in here, you have Swiffer, and like I said before, you have the little Siri speaker thing, I'm not sure what those are called, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of product placements, literally in this movie, uh, is it Sarah, yeah, because Mary Sanderson, instead of flying on a broom, she basically has, uh, what are those called, like the Roombas, like the little robot vacuums she's basically riding on two of those which it's kind of stupid but you don't really see the Roomba um logo on it so it doesn't feel as much like product placement but then you have Sarah Sanderson literally riding a Swiffer and like little trails of bubbles behind her and it's like so obviously the Swiffer wet jet or whatever it's called so I'm just like oh Disney I hate product placement in movies but I mean I kind of get it sometimes but like movies like Transformers oh my god that is 99.9% .9 of that movie is product placement let's be honest um so this one isn't as bad as that but still it's it's something I don't necessarily love to see in films but they they integrate it into the the story enough and don't overdo it to where it it doesn't like ruin anything for me but it's just kind of a funny thing to see there um, but yeah, the other kids in here, we have Belissa Escobedo, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Izzy, um, which is the one we see with Becca most, um, and then you have Lila Buckingham as Cassie, which is kind of like an old friend that got new friends and, and is off with the cooler people now, so it's like a kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, estranged a little bit, I guess you could say, um, but yeah, they obviously come together in the movie because, like I said, it's a heartwarming film. So, um, you know, the friends come together and, and all that. It's it's fun. And it's nice to have, like, three female kids as, like, kind of the leads, I guess you could say. Instead of, like, whereas before you had, like, two girls and one guy. And, you know, it was the brother and the sister and then the love interest. And here there's really no love interest. And I'm just like, thank you. That's what the original did not need is some romance plot or whatever but um especially since it's a kids movie like you literally had uh and I forget their names shoot um but I know one of them was Max and the other was shoot I can't remember his love interest name but um yeah like literally they slept together not like you know undoing the whole black flame candle can only be lit by a virgin thing but you know, just sleeping in the same bed together, and I'm not, like, conservative by any means, but I'm just, like, that's kind of a weird thing to put in a kid's movie, and kind of a weird idea to put in their heads, but hey, guess they'll all get there at some point, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, who else do we have in here? We have, uh, Doug Jones coming back as Billy Butcherson, absolutely amazing, um, still killing it with this character. Honestly, all the returning characters in this movie, um, which basically is just, you know, Winifred, Sarah, Mary, and then Billy Butcherson, all of them 
act as though they've never stopped being these characters. Like, they just fall so perfectly back into the role. So it really just makes this movie for me. So, yeah, I mean, I love seeing these characters. Even though I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the original, you know, I, I gotta... I kind of think for nostalgia sometimes, okay? I, I watched it as a kid, so it's it's something fun to see now, and I know what it means to, like, somebody like my mom. I know she loves Hocus Pocus, and she very much liked this movie, so it just makes me happy to see that kind of stuff for the fans, even if I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like, just seeing seeing those callbacks and seeing those little little characters coming in that people love, so that's always nice. However, however, Thanks the Cat is not in this movie, However, Sam Richardson's character in here, Gilbert the Great, he calls himself. Um, I forget the name of the cat, but it's not Banks, but it is a black cat. And the Sanderson sisters at first, they were like, oh my God, is that Banks? But no. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. I wish I could have seen Banks, but at the same time in the first one, he had such a good send off and that was perfect. So if they brought him back, that would that wouldn't do the character justice. Um, but Banks was probably my favorite character in the first movie. Uh, but yeah, Sam Richardson as Gilbert calls himself Gilbert the Great. Uh, I believe, yeah. So basically he is in the old Sanderson house and he turned it into kind of a magic shop, uh, which Izzy and Becca go to quite often and they're going, going there on her birthday or whatnot. But, um, yeah, he's, like, telling the stories to kids, as I mentioned before, the whole, like, talking about the black flame candle with the little kid and the whole virgin explanation thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but there's some things that his character does that really makes me mad. But at the same time, like, he comes around by the end. Most of the characters in here do come around by the end, so I like that. Um, and then you have Tony Hale in here as the mayor. Um, he plays another character in here, but, uh, I don't really want to give too much away. Just so you know, he's not playing, like, the same character for both roles. It's a little bit different, but, um, yeah. Uh, Tony Hale, absolutely amazing actor. I love him. Uh, everything I see him in, he is hilarious, but he also has a lot of depth. Um, so I, I love seeing him in here, even though his character was just kind of a joke character, but you still kind of felt bad for the guy. He was having a rough night. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the main cast, I guess I could say here, uh, the, the actors who play the young versions of the Sanderson sisters, as I said before, Taylor Henderson as young Winifred, Nina Kitchen as young Mary, and Juju Journey Brenner as young Sarah, that's a very cool name, um, but yeah, uh, there's even a young version of Billy Butcherson here, played by Austin J. Ryan, so that's pretty cool, um, it says there's teen versions of this Sanderson sisters, but that was not in the movie. So I wonder if some stuff got cut there. Uh, I wrote down like the, pretty much the whole cast in here. I was expecting to see more backstory, but um, yeah, the, the teen part didn't really come into play. So that's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, let me look at some of my notes here. Um, already talked about like, the the backstory and whatnot and uh just a little note here seeing their origin really elevates their characters absolutely um but also the movie doesn't waste any time getting to the fun it doesn't waste any time getting to what everybody has come to watch this for is Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy they don't waste any time getting to it and I appreciate them for that um let me see here Ch -ch 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 -ch. 
Shut up. Oh, one thing. Uh, they sing one way or another in this movie. And yet they go to Walgreens and they're like, oh my God, fluorescent lights and doors that open by themselves. I'm just like, so you haven't seen that before, but somehow you know all the lyrics to uh, to one way or another. Okay, Disney. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of a funny thing there. Um, they do something, I think I already said that, but they do something interesting with uh, Whitney Peake's character, Becca. I won't say what that is here, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely different from the original and something something bold that they tried. So I, I think that's cool. Um, yeah, and I, I think I already said that the ending kind of had me tearing up a bit. Had some really heart heartfelt moments, very surprising heartfelt moments in here. So I can very much appreciate a movie for that. If a movie makes me tear up or cry, I, I give it bonus points for that. So honestly, I'd probably put this movie at a 6.5 now that I think about it. I'd put it right neck and neck with the original, which I'm sure a lot of people don't feel the same way. And I'm sure a lot of people maybe do feel the same way. Maybe some people like it more than the original, but I would love to know down in the comments below. Tell me if you're a big Hocus Pocus fan and if you like this movie less, more, or about the same as the original. Because me, personally, I would say it's neck and neck. Um, but uh, yeah, there's even some little uh, some little details at the very end there, as well as an after credit scene that, uh, that alludes to another possible sequel. And the thing about a possible sequel is I don't want these characters to necessarily return. Not because I don't love them, but because I feel like this movie kind of closed the book on their characters perfectly. And to bring them back, I don't know. I would feel like that's kind of a disservice. Um, there are, and I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but there are plenty of directions that they could take in another sequel. But I don't think really many people want to see a sequel if it doesn't involve those three main actresses that that played those characters you know so I don't know would I watch a sequel yes but chances are I don't think there's I don't think their story could ever be good enough to replace how good Bette Midler Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy are in these roles so they're getting up there in age especially uh like Bette Midler and Kathy and Jimmy I don't know if they'd want to come back for another one. I mean, they love these characters for sure. But at, at a certain point, you got to kind of say enough is enough. Maybe not like com completely quitting acting at a certain age if they don't want to. But like kind of laying a character to rest a little bit, you know. Because, um, yeah, this movie does have a really good send off for those characters. And I would hate to see that be undone just for the sake of fan service and uh and uh why can't i think of the word nostalgia there you go that's a very big theme in a lot of movies nowadays and tv shows but yeah overall 6.5 out of 10 for this movie i would put it at the same level as the original um but i would love to know what you guys think of it do you love it do you hate it are you in the middle i very much enjoyed it but at the same time, is it going to be something I watch every Halloween and make a point to watch every Halloween? Absolutely not. Is it in, like, my top 100 movies of all time? No, most likely not. So, um, I don't know. I, I hate to be kind of rough on it, but, uh, you know what? 
screw it. I, I'm going to give the original and this one a 7 out of 10. I, I think it earned that after seeing 1 and 2 and just seeing how they kind of brought it all together again and, and gave it a nice good send-off, even if they do plan on making another another film, most likely without those three main actresses. But yeah, again, let me know how you uh, how you like this movie down in the comments below. I know there's a lot of people out there that really did not like it or thought it was just okay or just fine. But either way, I would love to know your opinion. Um, so yeah. Also, if you haven't seen the film, do you plan on watching it? Are you a fan of the original? Comment that down below. Uh, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And I will see you in the next one where I should be reviewing some movie or TV show. I'm not sure yet. However, soon, actually, even though I'm trying to close this out right now, thinking I might watch at least the first two Halloween Town films and review those. So if that's something you want to see, comment down below. But yeah, I'm going to stop rambling now. See you later. Thank you all for listening. Once again, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash filmpunch, and on Instagram at film underscore punch. I highly recommend heading over to my Instagram, following me there, and hitting the link in the bio, which should take you to a page full of links where you can find a link to my YouTube channel. Always recommend heading over there because these reviews do come out earlier. So if you want these reviews earlier, go ahead over there and maybe consider subscribing. Which, by the way, also the podcast will be ending at episode 200. So that is where my content will be after this is all wrapped up. But once again, thank you all for listening. I will see you in the next one where I should be reviewing the last episode of She-Hulk as well as Halloween Ends. See you later.